Welcome to the Kelly Cardenas Podcast, where attitude is everything. On today's show, the energy is going to come through the room already. You, you'll hear her laugh. If you're watching, you can see her, and everybody loves her. If you don't know who she is, then you're not on this planet, and you haven't lived very long. Um, a couple of things that I want to get out of the way. Number one is uh, the, the, the whole thing, and I was thinking about it this morning, where if you're kind, you make friends, and you stay curious, your life goes to a completely different realm. And the reason why I want to say this is because this young lady is an example of that. Um, if you stay kind, you just contribute to everyone. You make a ton of friends. You force people to be your friends. This is what I told, <laughs> this is what I told Charity when I first met her. I had no idea who she was. I walked in, but I knew that something was different about her. Um, I, I said a joke to her. She snapped right back at me as quickly as possible and then asked me a question that very, very few people asked. She looked around the place, and she, uh, she uh, said something about the logo on the floor, and then she said, I love everything, but I've got one uh, challenge. I said, what's the challenge? She said, why isn't the logo on this? Picked up a product and looked at it, and it helped me to think about my business in a completely <laughs> different way. This woman has been seen on Netflix, on TLC, on the late night, uh, late, uh, late show with uh, James Corbin, uh, with, on uh, the Food Network, on every war that you could possibly ever think of. Also, she, she helped to be able to create uh, shows on MTV that, that, that I was just learning this morning. And uh, I, most of you will know her from Nailed It on, uh, on Netflix, but the sugar sorceress, the celebrity pastry chef, Miss uh, <laughs> Chef Charity, I want to <laughs> welcome you to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Oh, my goodness, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. This <laughs> is so exciting for me, and um, I hope people can keep up because I talk fast. And, and we're both, like, so quick-witted and, 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 and lightning. Like, this could be exhausting for people <laughs> to listen to. Let's put a little warning label on there. <laughs> May cause uh, overload. <laughs> May cause a brain to start steaming out one's ears. <laughs> so I think one of the coolest things was is, is how quickly you, you, you make fast friends. And you were telling me just before we were starting off and before we started recording, which I wish we were recorded, Every single thing that you said this morning, because you drop bombs every time that you're talking. Um, but you were you were talking about the fact of never burning bridges, right? And yeah. and it goes right in line with that part of making friends. Like, why is this so important to you, and where did you learn it? So, um, I had a mentor when I was working in the computer industry very early on in my um, professional ish career. I guess we'll <laughs> call it ish. I always say ish. Um, and like when somebody calls me a celebrity pastry chef, I'm all ish. <laughs> I don't. That celebrity term. If like, hey, ah. Chef Charity, if everybody in the world knows you and my daughter thinks that I'm cool because I get a chance to interview you, then, then, then you're a celebrity chef. Like, Nailed It is one of the coolest shows. Like, watching that, the, the early seasons of it, watching that was so incredible because I laughed my butt off. And my daughter told me, she's like, Dad, do you think you could go on? I was like, well, I bake really bad, so possibly. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, they would love you on that show. That would have been so great <laughs> if they hadn't been canceled now. But yeah, so that's another story. So here's another thing real quick. Is I have ADD super bad. So Good. my brain 
goes so lightning fast, I have a really hard time reining it in. So, like, when I'm teaching classes, like, I, I put somebody in charge right away. I'm like, you, you're on task of, like, cert- like getting me back to where I was supposed to be. Like, that is your <laughs> job. If you're not comfortable with that job, just, like, on a plane, I'll move you to somebody else, but that's your job. And then I have another person, like, your job is timing. Your job is that, you know, I put everybody on a task as a, that I possibly can, and, like, right there, everybody's enveloped in the class. Like, everybody's on it. And um, so, uh, so the burning bridges thing. See, look, I circled myself. Back. See, you did. Um, I try really hard. Um, so I had a mentor. Uh, her name is Pam Anderson. Hi. And go, um, Pam. Hi. And um, she she taught me so much. She was such a great mentor. She taught me about how to network and how and how important networking was. And um, to this day, I have so many people in Hollywood call me about who do you know, who do you know, who do you know, who do you know, hook me up with this person, hook me up with this person, all kinds of producers, colonial producers, you know, I mean, all the companies that I know, um, and I'm totally happy without any compensation using my time to hook people up together. I am totally fine with that. Um, but she taught me don't ever burn a bridge if you can possibly help it. Bite your tongue till it bleeds, just plaster that smile on with tape, whatever you have to do, <laughs> even if you want to claw their eyes out, try your hardest not to burn a bridge. You never know where they're going to be, where you're going to be, and in what positions you're going to be in in the future. And you might need each other, and um, you might be able to, like, you know, throw water into the bridge, okay? You know, you learn something a little bit extra about why they did what they did, whatever it is. Don't burn bridges if you can at all stand it. So, Charity, (coughs) help me to understand this because, like, most people out there that see you, they see you as this celebrity chef. They see you on every single network possible, the Food Network, TLC, uh, Netflix, on the late night show, like I was talking about before with James Corbin. I mean, everything. I think we we found out that only shows you have, or only TV networks you have been on is CNN and Fox News, and we were laughing about that (laughs) earlier. But a lot of people think, oh, wow, okay, she just came out of the womb, and she was this amazing chef. And she went into the, uh, she wanted to focus on the pastry side of it. So she went that way and everything worked out amazing. But the twists and turns in your career, when we started talking, talk to us about Paris. Oh my. Okay. So Paris, when I went to uh, Paris to go to culinary school, because I had this big, like these dreams of going to Paris and going to culinary school. And I was at the Ritz Escoffier, which is the kitchens underneath the actual Ritz Hotel in the middle of Paris, and you're working with the actual chefs that work in the restaurants, and all that. It was it was amazing. Thankfully, I had taken plenty of years of French to understand what the heck was happening. Um, by the way, when you start dreaming in another language, you know you're getting it. Like that, <laughs> you're getting it. Um, anyway, so I, but living there for three months, um, it really, cause this is pre-internet, right? This was like before you could research what it costs to live someplace. Hold like, on, there was a world before the I internet? I know, I know. My kids were like, huh? I know, th- yeah, no. So, yeah, so I, you couldn't really research this and, and figure this out in advance. So, um, and what it cost to live there, what it was, and I was, you know, living really cheap, but what it cost to live there, cost to go to school, cost to eat. Oh, my gosh, Pierce was expensive even back then. And, um... And I w- it was adding up, and I'm like, this isn't going to fly for two years of school. I'm going to come out of here as if I had the debt load of a law degree, but yet I'm going to start off as a freaking dishwasher. 
and making, you know, back then, I think, oh my gosh, what was minimum wage? $2 an hour? $3? I mean, I don't know. It was ridiculous. I'm, I'm dating myself. But um, so there was no way that economically this made any sense at all. And so it, that was a hard thing for me to like swallow my dream, realize, okay, practicality, this is part of my problem too. Practicality in my brain usually takes over. And so then I'm like, ah, not buying the Ferrari, buying the Honda Odyssey. Okay. Um, so uh, practicality took over, came back to the States. I looked into going to like, the CIA, not, not, the, not the intelligence agency, the culinary, <laughs> it's the culinary <laughs> Institute of America. You I, say CIA, I thought, they're like, what? I thought we were taking a turn. I like, Although I have a story about that, too, actually, because um, I wanted to be in the CIA when I was in uh, 10th grade, 11th grade, and um, we had you know, the career people come and talk to you and stuff. And he goes, yeah, no, no, no. You're too recognizable. Your voice is too recognizable. Uh, that's not going to fly for you. So there was like another thing, like, boom, crash my dreams. Okay. Well, anyway, um, <coughs> so I just read all the novels now. That's why I live out that one. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so then I, I started working in some other industries. I always kept a foot in food. Um, like I said, I was in like the computer industry and stuff like that. I uh, I was a radio DJ. I was the promotions director for a couple stations <laughs> in Salt Lake. Um, I was I and here's <coughs> the craziness. I went from the worst, uh, the worst. Um, uh, gosh, uh, what's it called? Dang it, I can't think of it. There's a senior moment here. Um, the worst uh, time slot in radio, which is overnight on weekends. Ooh, worst. Okay, I went from that. Just restart. I went from that to the morning show. <laughs> just skipped over afternoon drive, <laughs> skipped over midday, skipped over all of it, and straight to the morning show. Um, so, uh, you know, I like to, um, you know, I like to give things my all. I like to do the best I can do um, with what I am absolutely capable of um, and uh, whatever. So um, I went from that to, and I've done lots of works in, like, the trade show event space, um, uh, what else? I mean, oh gosh, I've done so many stupid things. MTV. Oh, oh, oh yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the, <laughs> the promotions director <laughs> thing is where I did a, real quick, I did a, a, a radio promotion sending some listeners down to uh, uh, Lake Havasu for spring break with MTV. It was a church camp. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even back then, not so much. But, um, and this was, of course, back when, like, MTV mostly had music videos on they didn't have like just all tv shows but this was the start this was the era this early like mi or mid 90s when um that era started when they were getting more into just tv shows instead of vi music videos um and uh so anyway so we did this whole radio promotion i was working with mtv on it blah blah and uh sent them an air check tape afterwards because they asked for it and um they called me a couple weeks later they said hey we have this like TV show idea based on your radio promotion. Um, are you cool with that? I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. This is pre-me knowing very much about television. <laughs> um, I should have then said, I need um, a credit on that. Like, I need, like, the, you know, the creative consultant, creative producer, anything. Like, just give me some sort of, like, credit on it. No, Can you help the people to, uh, that are listening to understand what a credit oh, would yes. actually mean and what that would have helped you with in your career? Because you know it now. Right. But a lot of kids out there that want to get into TV or they're maybe acting or whatever it is, they don't understand the credit side. So you have to have some kind of, um, some kind of, uh, I hate to say we were to use power, but you got to have something to contribute and you got to know people on up the chain that you can ask for a credit, that doesn't mean they'll give it to you. 
because there's, a, I mean, we'll get into this when we talk about Nailed It. There is a whole chain of command through production, through the network that you have to go through to do everything. And everybody's got decision power and somebody can just go hack that off right there and yeah, you don't get it. So um, it's, you know, it's a it's a political world in itself and it's it's a little gnarly. Um, but yeah, you know, it is what it is and it's a little bit difficult to wade, but I should have then asked for it and I'm sure they would have given it to me. If you, if then. you would have got it, what, t- I mean, what type of benefit is that for you to put a plaque on the wall or is this, I mean, is this, can, can this help a young kid in that industry, um, to be able to have some longevity and, and for, to be able to benefit them over time? It can, because you could, now that there's IMDB, which is, um, the international movie database, um, they, they could. That's kind of where you can start building your resume, if you will. There's okay. a digital resume people can look at. <clears throat> I learned the hard way that it's not actually super ultra official. It's owned by Amazon now. And um, uh, I, I know people do look at it and use it because I know plenty of really legit people in the industry that do keep their, their resume there up to date. So I have done that myself. There's an IMDb Pro version that you have to pay for to be able to um, manipulate and create your resume there, um, which is I, I recommend if you're in that, definitely do that. Um, because then you can upload videos and photos and all of your contact information and, um, and whatnot, but not everybody can see that just on the regular IMDb app. Mm. So like, uh, like my entertainment lawyer's information <laughs> and my cell phone information and that kind of stuff is not on the regular IMDb app. You have to be a pro member to be able to see that kind of stuff. No, okay. don't. Oh shoot. I shouldn't have said that. Maybe because like, don't now go, they're gonna, don't now go by pro. Now, now they're going to find like, you. They're yeah. going to find you at home. <laughs> Chef <some> charity. <laughs> Like, so, hey. so you throw out that idea. They they say, "Can we use the idea?" You didn't ask for yeah. credit. No, now, no. Now, I was like, "Oh, not sure. Cool, whatever." No, oh, what what they do with your idea? So they made road rules, the TV <laughs> show road rules, and I saw it on MTV uh, like six months later. Ish, and I call have I called the gal. Her name was like um like Wendy, or yeah, I could I, I remember her name, but um so I call her. I said, "Hey, is like." is that what you do with my idea? And she was a little bit nervous. She was like, yeah, what do you think? I'm like, dude, it's sick. It's super cool. That's so rad. And then um, what's funny, and here's here goes to like maybe your, um, a little bit to my uh, don't burn bridges thing, not that I had any connection with him then, but um, um, Adam Cohen is one of the owners of a production company called Super Delicious. Now, Super Delicious makes all the war shows, all of them, the cake wars, cupcake wars, Halloween wars, all of them, of which I've done a ton of them. So what was fun is I was able to, like, talk with him on a number of occasions. They've actually had me do a bunch of, like, B-roll things for other shows for them and stuff like that. So um, I was able to talk with him and say, hey, get this. <laughs> and I told him, like, the backstory. He's like, no way, because he was a producer, an executive producer on Road Rules, like, early on. So he's like, oh, dude, I, I had heard something about, like, how they got this concept, whatever, but I had no idea. He's like, that's such a trip that that was you. So, I mean... You know, if I had maybe, like, worked with him on that show, you know, so anyway, you just have to, especially in film, TV, um, you know, in the whole entertainment space, especially, um, it's all about who you know. 
it's all about networking. I mean, when you're on a production, you've got everybody on the phone, texting, emailing constantly every spare second they have, which is a lot of downtime, unfortunately, but um, they're always lining up their next couple gigs. Everybody's like, I mean, and it's, it's kind, that's kind of an annoying part of that gig, that whole industry is you're constantly, like there's no, like nobody usually you're on the payroll with on salary, you know, for years. It just doesn't much happen. Um, so you're constantly trying to line up your next gig, your next gig, your next gig, and they're like three weeks, six weeks, you know, maybe you're lucky you get a three-month one, an eight-month one is a huge, like that's giant. You know, if you have an eight-month contract, that's gigantic. So, um, so it's tough. I mean, it's tough, and you have to like be really good at managing your money because you might be working for three months, and then you won't for a month. You might not for two months. So it's, it's, you know, it's a little gnarly that way. So you've got to be careful. It's a different, it's a different animal for sure than most other industries. So most of the people out there that are listening right now, and we want to thank everyone out there that's listening, but yes, thank you. if, I mean, most of them aren't in the entertainment industry. So they look at a celebrity like yourself and they see you on Nailed It and they see you on the Cake Wars and they see you on Cupcake Wars and they're like, just life is just floating. Like it just continues to ascend. You're saying that there's hills and valleys in, uh, in, in the entertainment industry. Oh my, there's more <laughs> valleys than hills. And most people will tell you that. I mean, the stats and <laughs> I hate to say stats, but, um, and I always think about, um, the, in one of the star Wars movies, I think it was one of the more recent ones. He's like, don't tell me the stats. Don't tell me the odds. I don't want to know the odds. Because what is it? C-3PO always wants to give him the odds. I don't want to know the odds. Don't tell me the <laughs> odds. Um, but it's like a tiny percentage. I mean, it's like 1% of, like when you get up into the acting stuff, 1% of those people can actually make a living doing acting. So, um, you know, my entertainment stuff, um, you know, started off probably around there like, Yes, five percent of my year, you know, maybe something like that. Well, nailed it. They started pushing into the one third, one half of my year. Now I am a pastry chef. I'm a cake artist. Um, I had really diversified within my industries. I did, you know, trade shows. I do R and D for a lot of my um, my sponsors. I do promotional stuff for my sponsors. Um, I actually make cake. I make desserts. I do recipe development for some restaurants. I do, um, you know, print ad stuff. I do tutorial stuff. I do education junk. I taught classes a bunch. Um, gosh, I mean, I consult on TV shows. The, the, um, is it cake TV show? Um, the one that the new one that's all the rage now on Netflix. I consulted on that show during COVID, um, helping them develop that early on. Um, so there's, I, I was super diversified, and I thought, okay, I'm good. Like, as if one of these things goes down, I got, you know, a whole bunch of other things. Like, just in finances, right? You want to be really diversified in your portfolio. Well, I, in my industry, it's smart to be diversified, too, until COVID hit. <laughs> Talk about a valley. What, what, <laughs> is, co what is COVID? All, I don't know if it, I, I, I don't even. all tanked. I was like, oh. So I went from, like, Mach 10 with my hair on fire <laughs> to, oh, snap, I got everybody coming home from college. I got my niece even coming home from college to live with me. Um, uh, and everybody's home, twiddling their thumbs. Like, and I was like, everybody, don your hiking shoes. Get those water packs on. We're out of here. We are hiking. We did every one of the falls. We did all you know, around here in San Diego. We did every hiking trail. We have this big book. So we just did as many hiking trails as we could. I'm like, we're out of here. We're getting outside. So it was, yeah, but it was, it was rough to go from 
and, and it was rough for everyone in some way. I mean, ev- even the people that were, like, I know that worked at Costco that were working like dogs because Costco didn't ever close. They, you know, they had it rough in a different way. Everybody had it rough in a different way. Um, and, and, you know, the people that lost their loved ones to that, you know, stupid illness, I just, uh, you know, I, it breaks my heart for all sorts of people that lost their businesses and lost loved ones and everything. It was just, it was awful. But, you know, to the whole theme of your podcast, look at me coming back around, staying positive, staying positive, staying optimistic, trying to see, my grandmother always said, make lemonade out of lemons. And, um, that's like, I try to do that my whole life, right? And it's, sometimes it's been really, really difficult. I mean, there's been times in my life because I've had kids with, you know, terrible illnesses that um, I've been literally in a corner in the fetal position, bawling my eyes out. But, you know, you have to do that, get it out, okay, and then pull yourself back up with your bootstraps and, and keep moving forward. Because if you don't keep moving forward, if you're just even standing still, you might as well be moving backwards because you have to keep moving forward forward otherwise and uh, maybe it's just me with, with the way my brain works but I'll go nuts I mean I go, I'll be in a straitjacket somewhere let alone in the fetal position so I have to keep like okay what can I do next what can I you know exercise 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 you know that's my mental health um just keep going because otherwise you know you're just gonna fall flat and there's no fun in that so talk to us and talk to the kids out there that don't learn traditionally. And this is happening, like, there's so much more awareness now. Whereas you used to be, like, when when I grew up, they would say, well, you're either smart or you're not, based off the fact that you could read this or you could see this. Now we're starting to realize that kids learn different. And when you were saying, I've got ADD, like, I've never been diagnosed with anything, although I think I have everything. (laughs) I I just like it all. And I don't want them to take it away from me, Uh right? But when you were saying ADD, I thought it was so amazing because you were like, I learned this way, and I know that, so I'm just going to go out and get people who are good at timing, get people who are Mm -hmm. good at organization. I'm going to put them in place, and then I'm going to be able to be Chef Charity all the time. Can you talk to the kids out there that maybe don't learn normal? Um, and what they can do and how they can, like, you've really fallen in love with who Chef Charity is, and that is so important. Well, I, I, I call them my hacks. So I, I see my, my shortfallings, my, my um, things I need to do better, and I see, you know, how they might hurt me in life, and I try to figure out, okay, how do I fix that? I am kind of a fixer. Um, I've had to be careful of that in relationships, but, um, <laughs> so I, I like to, I need to fix it. Right. Um, and so like on the other side, there's a couple of people I've decided I'm absolutely going to thank. And, um, I don't care if they were crappy people or whatever. There's some things I'm going to thank them for. And I'm huge on gratitude anyway, but, um, Steve Jobs is somebody, even though he was apparently a jackhole, um, I want to shake his hand and thank him for all the rad products that he's created that I use in my life. I use them all. Um, Even have now, thanks to my sweet daughter, an Apple Watch, finally. Um, Didn't think I really needed it, but it's pretty fantastic. Um, So um, especially with a a tool like that, and I do call it a tool because it is, um, I can put in so many reminders, so many chimes and and (laughs) calendar reminders because I can get so laser tunnel focused on something and then I'll forget to pick up a kid from school. I will forget to do all kinds of things because I am like focused on getting this and doing this and um, 
And so I, you know, I appreciate those hacks, right? So those things, like you said, putting some people in place when I'm in the middle of a class, otherwise I will go and talk for 12 hours. And, you know, they might all still want to stay there and hang out doing it because I'm going to definitely be entertaining. But um, that doesn't mean I'm getting, like, all the material across that I need to get across. So <laughs> I have, you know, at this, at this time, you know, I'll, I'll have it all written out. At this time, I need to be at this point. At this time, I need to be at this point. At this time, I need to be through this, you know, this amount of material, or I need to be doing this, or I need to be doing that. So um, I have to keep myself on track um, and, and make sure that I get the things done and, and accomplish the things I need to do. You know, those people that talk, talk, tell you about, like, goal setting, um, there is really something to setting goals uh, more concrete, whether it's physically writing them on paper like us old schoolers, um, even though I'm a Gen Xer. I don't know, what, are you, what are you, Gen X, Gen Z? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I was born in 75, so I don't oh, know what that makes me. on the edge of Gen X. I Am I? Yeah, I don't know I'm if I have any of the traits. I I'm used 71. To, so. I used to always do this with uh, um, horoscopes. People would ask me, like, what sign are you? And then I would tell them a random one, and they'd be like, I see it. And I'd be like, no, you don't. You don't see it you, because I am not that. But I, I think it's so hilarious. Yeah, you know? No, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. There. Okay. Um, so, uh, I, the, you know, with the, with the tools we have available to us mm -hmm. now um, and all the chimes and stuff, you can – I have tons of digital lists. So, like, for instance, my grocery list. Our grocery list is uh, a shared note in – uh, the iPhone Kay. that everyone in my family can add to or take away from in real time. So okay. when I go to the grocery store, if somebody hasn't gotten on that that shared note and put on what they want, yeah, tough luck. Now. Sorry, dude. Yeah, your lunches are not going to have that in it for this next week. <laughs> oh well. Um, so you know, there's accountability right there. There's you know, that's up to them. Um, if they want it, they know how to get it and they know what to do to do that, right? So um, I like that, um, you know, in, in all kinds of apps and things we can share with one another and, and learn from one another and, and help one another with the things that we might need help with, but you also have to ask. That's been tough for me is to learn to ask. Um, I had to learn that that's not weakness, that that means actually strength, that you know you know, you're maybe like little pinholes you need to fill, and I call them pinholes, not gaping holes. <laughs> and um, and and you know, you can ask for those people to help because in return, I want to help people more than the pinhole they want to fill with me. Yeah. I'm, you know, call it my name, whatever. It's charity, right? So that means unconditional love. Um, I am definitely a giver. I want to help other people, um, and, and, and I'm looking out for how to do that all the time. And I've been uh, berated about that often that I'm not monetizing that more. Um, like I said, when culinary producers and, and, and all kinds of people call me and ask me, who do you know, who do you know, who do you know? I'm like, I don't know how to monetize my, like, quote, unquote, like, uh, contacts list. I almost said Rolodex. But my contacts list... <laughs> You boomers will be like, hey, <laughs> yeah, I, know what I know what a Rolodex is. is. Um, those were just phasing out when yes. I was getting professional. Um, but yeah, so um, uh, I don't know how to monetize that. How do you monetize that? But I, that? I think that the, it's a cool thing because it's, you're putting off uh, immediate gratification for future glory. Like if you would have went so hard at the, the idea for MTV, maybe they don't pick it up because they back off you, but then you get a chance to meet the guy who makes cake wars and cupcake wars. And then, you know, that spurns. And 
I, I find that there's so many people, especially in today's society, they want to monetize everything immediately as opposed to planting the seed and then having the forest later. They just want to have the little plant. Right. And I, I just, I, I'm, I'm blown away by this with you. And also too, like you have the ability to, you've really fallen in love with who Chef Charity is. Like you, you've looked at it and you said, these are the things that, you know, maybe somebody else would look at and say, I don't learn traditionally. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, there would be no chef charity if there wasn't those things. That's so true. who helped you to be okay with that? Who gave you permission to say like chef charity is completely cool. She doesn't need to be fixed. Um, my, probably my mom and my grandmother. So my, my path, uh, to culinary stuff or through culinary, I can't really say to, cause it was always kind of there. Because the um, Easy Bake Oven started right. it off. Yes. So um, <laughs> so very Reader's Digest version, which uh, there you go, boomer reference again. But um, <laughs> it's a little book. Like, Are you for sure those of you for those not of, a boomer. <laughs> for those of you listening, it's not an audio book like Success Leaves Clues. It is a pamphlet. It yes. is a pamphlet that generally was in your mom's bathroom was Reader's Digest. Am I correct on right. this? It's like a thick yes. pamphlet. Yes. It had just like little tid like uh, snippet stories kind of thing. <laughs> like it's great bathroom reading. <laughs> <laughs> like you can get like a quick I love little it. story in. I love it. Your, your, we need to bring business. it back. I know. It's Chef good. Charity, we need to bring back Reader's Digest right? and we'll do a collaboration together. It'll, you know, you, you'll be able to give, uh, you know, thoughts on the entertainment side of it. I don't know what I'll do Kelly's in this project. Digest. I have no idea what I'll do in this project, but I'm going to have a ton of fun. Let's do it. And we will send out pamphlets, like regular paper not digital. Like actually mailed. No. Snail mail. And they will, uh, we won't even have a website because we want you to, <laughs> you're going to have to sign up by mail. Like, uh, what was it? Publisher's Clearinghouse. Yes. Ed McMahon. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so when that EMP hits someday, whatever, then you're going to have a whole stack okay. of Kelly's Digests that you will be able to read for real. I think it could be a morning show. You know, oh, like Ryan, awesome. Ryan and Kelly, or is it Kelly and Ryan now? I don't even know. Imagine Kelly and Charity, oh or Charity gosh. and Kelly. It would be Chef Charity and Kelly. Seriously, there but would have to be a warning at the beginning of every show. Imagine that, though. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine if that, and then we got in adventures, and we got a chance to be able to interview. Um, this is don't this drink is coffee during okay. this show because you will definitely overheat. Make sure yeah. you're drinking water. You'll have a tough time. <laughs> So you were, you were talking about your grand you were talking about your grandma oh, yes, yes. and your mom. Okay, thanks. See, thank you. Good job. Um, so yeah, so I got my first easy bake. Oh, first of all, I was eating cubes of butter um, out of the fridge. My my parents would find like the little little fingerprints and then and then the you know, in the sides and then the teeth marks in the end. You were eating a stick I was of butter. Eating sticks of butter. Julia Child and I we are like we're here. So um, <coughs> she's my soul sister. So um, I was eating butter as a you know, one and two year old. And then when I was, gosh, I, I think I was like eight, nine, somewhere in there, I uh, got my first easy bake oven. And I, that's all I wanted for Christmas. It's all I wanted. And I got it and I was so excited. And I remember I blew through all the packets that come with it, the little like mixes that you put, you mix up, you put in the little pan, you stick it in there, and it's a light bulb in there that cooks it. And I blew through those in easily the first couple hours. And, um, and then I started grabbing different things out of the cabinet, trying to make it 
in there. And I remember it was within days I had to destroy the thing. Um, and so then I saved up all my money and I, um, it took a long time and it was really painful to, to, you know, I was sorting nuts and bolts at my dad's shop, all kinds of stuff, stupid stuff. So I earned, I saved money, bought another one. I wrecked that one within a couple weeks. I tried to stretch it out a little further, <laughs> but I still wrecked it. So then my, my mom and my grandma was like, okay, time to teach her on the big oven. So they started, like, teaching me everything. And, of course, I asked way too many questions, I'm sure. that I was driving them nuts. I'm sure I was driving them crazy. They won't say that now because of what I do for a living. And now they're like, oh, it was cool. But I'm sure back then I always like, believed in they you. They were like, shut up. <laughs> Stop asking. <laughs> and, like, I'm sure there was a lot of things, like, uh, that they didn't know because I wanted to know why. Now, kids today are really good, I think, at asking why. And, um, and if you pull the same thing uh, that, like, my, my parents used to, like, uh, I don't care, whatever, shush. You know, just because. Just, just because. Yeah, right. I so said just so. Just because and, oh, the I said so thing. <laughs> Hair on my neck just stood up a little bit. Um, <laughs> that was a way, trigger. That was I, a trigger oh, for Chef Charity. PTSD. Yes. So I swore as a kid and a teenager and a young adult, I was never going to say that to my children. Never. And to this day. Have you ever? No. Never. No. Not no, once. No, not a single time. And every one of my kids will vouch for that. You've never lost it? No. Well, no, that's not true. I have okay. lost my cool. Well, I'm, I'm glad you've I lost it. I have lost my marbles. <laughs> but um, I've even broken a few things. But um, that's another story. But um, uh, I, my kids are now like 23, 21, and 17. And they will tell you wow. I've never said that to them. Never. Not once. Um, I'm not call, once. We're going to fact check this. Yep, do it. And if any of you out there listening know Chef Charity's children, ask we want to know. Yep, ask them. Yeah. Because I said so. Never. We should do a show called Because <laughs> I Said So. <laughs> That'd be a really good sitcom, actually. Yeah, fantastic sitcom. Um, but imagine if you had a bunch of chefs and you and they had to do exactly what you told them to do, and they could not ask any questions, and it was just because oh, I said so. Drive you nuts. Yeah. I want EP credit. Crazy. Yeah. I yes, learned from yes, yes, I learned yes. from Chef Charity. Yes, I want an EP credit. Um, so I started asking lots of questions, and because they couldn't answer my questions well or to satisfaction the way you um, thought they should <laughs> i uh i hit the books and i've always been a bookworm like my my mom used to tease because i had a big like window seat in my room that she could literally just toss a book and shut the door and i was fine like i, I just i was I, I still am a bookworm i just love it i love reading so um uh, does your mind go different places when you're reading because like with your personality your energy when you said I'm a bookworm, not to say I don't think that you you read a ton or that you you can't read, but I would think with your mind and your creative mind that your mind would be bouncing different areas. Does it with reading or does it just calm it down and you're able to dive right into that story? I am able to dive right in and when I'm reading um, like fiction, there's a movie going on in my head. Yes. And it's actually annoying that I have to push the freaking pause button sometimes because either my eyelids will not stay open anymore at night or um, someone interrupts you, right? Somebody interrupts, or I have to like, you know, I if, uh, if I'm like picking up my book, which now they're all digital on my phone, um, picking up my book, like when I'm in a waiting room doing something or whatever, and I just want to stay away from email and texting and stuff. I just want to like get back into my book, um, and then I have to hit the pause button because I got to get my teeth cleaned or whatever it is. Um, 
I, I don't <laughs> like that because it is a movie that's playing in my head, right? Um, but Do you make up the characters or are they people who you've seen in your life? Some of it is, it's probably a little bit of both. Do you put yourself in the movies? No. Never. Because no. you would be a good character in Thank the movie. You. Thank you. You would be like, I mean, you have to be, be a fun. starring role. That'd be fun. Actually, because I've done, I, that's, that's another thing I'll tell you about I've done. But I'm sure it's another <coughs> profession that you've had because you've had every it's one of them. a little weird, but. Um, you've been on the radio. Yeah. You created TV shows before you even knew what they were. Yeah. Now, um, I mean, now you're. I've even driven military vehicles. In <laughs> but let me get back to that. Okay. So, um, so when I'm reading, like, information stuff, like uh, uh, self-improvement, cookbooks, whatever. So it's like an encyclopedia in my head that's getting um, cataloged. Wow. And so I don't have necessarily a photographic memory, but I do have probably dang close to it. Um, Because if I read something, stats, um, stats, you know, information, um, amounts, uh, that kind of stuff. So, like, anything I've ever bought, I can tell you exactly what I paid for it. Wow. Um, so, like, I – it just catalogs, and it's like an encyclopedia, um, which is why also I'm, like, when there's so much in my brain sometimes, I have to make sure that I take some things out and stick them in something else. So, like, stick some things, like – Like in, in the my notes iPhone. or yeah. – yeah, right, yeah, right. I can't remember all that stuff necessarily because I have all this other junk in my head. So um, – and then I'm also like I'm, I'm an idea person, so I got ideas just flying like crazy. And just like what I said with your product, I have a marketing brain. I just do. Like I keep thinking, oh wow, why don't we have that? Oh wow, how come they haven't done that? Like what? That would be so cool. Um, and um, sometimes I have to be careful. I'm not offensive. No. I do that because they're like, what? It, what? I didn't do it good enough. I mean, well, it's like, you so you I, come I across, but but I try like, not to do that. How do you stay so genuine too? Because in the life of entertainment, a lot of times when you talked about it earlier as far as the networking side, right? So when you're networking, you can see that networking guy, the shaker and the, you know, that guy. You see them from a mile away and you don't want to be around them. You hear them and you're, oh, there's always the hook. Yeah. There's no hook with Chef Charity. Like it, what's so cool is seeing you, it's, it's surreal to be able to have you on the show uh, for me. And I just want to, I want to tell you this, but it's so surreal, but. It's so cool because what you see on camera and what you feel in person, you actually, I mean, it's, it's the same. If Thank not, you. If not better in person, which never happens. That's, you have a point um, as far as the in-person thing goes. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just me. And, I, and, and this is another thing where I don't do well with dating scene at all. So I wanted to ask about this because... With the type of personality that you have, at it, you're terrible, terrible at dating, at it. Terrible or you terrible te- at it. Okay, but are you? Where are you looking for the dates? Are you doing it on an app? Um, I I've tried that very little because okay. I just don't like that at all. Because I found I found too much anonymity on the other end. Okay, and like like for instance, like there was one guy I did go on one date with. He said he was like. 11 and he was shorter than me like he was five six i'm five seven i'm like that's really tough. dude come that's on tough come on like but, are, but how, how do you not how how like, is it though why? That, how how hard is it though because i mean you're uh, like you're a 
a international phenomenon. Like if you don't know who Chef Charity is, again, you're not on the planet. You have not turned on Netflix. You haven't turned on, uh, you know, the, the food network. You haven't turned on TLC. Um, how is it to date someone? Because I mean, you're a very Googleable person, you know, and a lot of times people will put on an act. Yes. And it's, and it's, only going to get worse because of the projects I have in the works. Um, so I kind of, at right now, I kind of feel like I better find somebody fast because otherwise it's re it's just going to get harder. Okay, are you going to look for a person who matches your energy or are you going to be with the guy who's just really chill, really, you know, supportive? He's kind of in the background, whatever it is. Or do you go into the celebrity type, you know, and then we mix your names together and make one name? I don't know. That's going to be scary. Um so many of those people, because in LA they live in a bubble, okay, um, and they don't get out of their bubble much. Uh, okay. I think I, there was Katy Perry just like moved to Kentucky, and I, I read a little tidbit of what she said about living in Kentucky, and she loves it because she's like it's it's out of that LA bubble. Yeah. Well, living in San Diego, I love it here because I'm close, so I do get called on often to jump up, you know, to a LA. couple hours north. Um, and because I can do cake, sugar, chocolate, pastry, um, you know, all kinds of stuff, they like to call me because I can just paste, do almost anything that they can throw at me and I can handle it. But, um, so I'm kind of like this, like jumble go-to, but, um, I don't, I, you know, being up there for a long, long time, you just kind of see, yeah, this is, this is a bubble. And, does and does Chef Charity like have a type? A bubble. Do you have a type? Is there, I mean, are you, are you dark long hair or is it tall? Is it, is it Jason Momoa? Um, oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, it sucks because my I wife. I do love my Polynesian. I, I do. I okay. think they are all just hot. There we um, go. They are fantastic. But, um. So if you're out there and you're single and you're Polynesian and you're uh, right. like a, a solid dude. If you can bench me, we're if, good. If you're so, if you're a solid, that's going to be easy. You're tiny. <laughs> But if you're a solid dude, I, I mean, you're such a catch, like, you know, and so. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. So this is my dating app for Chef Charity. That's the whole right reason on. why we had her on the show. Right on. So I'm yeah. actually going to bring out three uh, eligible <laughs> bachelors. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That reminds me. I was See? on, sing I was on oh. MTV singled out. Of I, course I you were. Forgotten. I'd forgotten. Of um, course you were. But what's funny is, like, they were a little bit not so sure they were going to put me on. They, they found me in a club in L.A., um, and, um, me and some of my friends, and so they, um, they put us on there, but, um, they were a little nervous because I looked so much like Jenny McCarthy, and so they're <laughs> like, um, I don't know, but the, um, the guy that I ended up, and I won, the guy I ended up, um, winning with was such a tool, oh my gosh, he was so into himself, and he was this big, like, hulking, um, like football kind of player guy, but he didn't have much between the ears. Okay. So if you don't have much, so here's okay. Here's my here's my couple like it's, my, it's a short list. Short list. It's a short list. But Jason Momoa. Right. There. So you have but to do that. But he's married. So okay. there's you know. No, he's actually not married. I think that they're on John the Binet. on the outs. Or whatever. They're, what's her name? John Benet. No, no. What's her name? John Benet. You sorry. said John no. Benet Ramsey. I know. Come on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. What's, what's, he? Her what's her name? He's dating she a. She was from Cosby uh, Show. <laughs> He's dating a little girl in a pageant. Is oh what? Oh gosh, I know. Sorry, I totally. Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet. That is so Sorry. far from John Bonet. Well, it's Bonet. I got the, the Bonet. That, that's so far from. <laughs> that is so far. Like if you take Lisa Bonet and John Bonet Ramsey, these are the like. 
That's like heaven and really bad. That, that's know. like I'm so sorry. far apart. Oh my gosh. But <laughs> I'm with let's, you. Let's I love erase you. that part. Can we go back and erase <laughs> that part? Because I am blonde and I do have the tiny, tiny okay. moments okay. Okay. where the blonde hair so, actually like penetrates so the skull. It's a, it's a short rare. it's a short list of Jason Momoa. You gotta list. look like Jason Momoa. By the way, this is this is natural blonde. Okay. Too. It's, of course it's natural. Of course. We're all natural. No, this is natural. I'm 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 Norwegian and Icelandic. I'm stop. this tall. I'm stop exactly it. this tall. Um, I don't so wear platforms ever. Oh, well, those are fun. <laughs> those are fun. I like to be taller. So too. give me the short okay. list. So short list is they do have to be smart, and okay. I do prefer what them kind to of be smart? Like um, they have to like. Are, is okay, it calculus okay, okay. smart? No. So Stanford smart. Mm, book smart and street smarts. Those I, are different. You just you just described God. I know. <laughs> so you have to be Jason Momoa and you I know, don't mean it because and, and the Lord. Just book smart pisses me off. Yeah, that's it true. does. If all you can do is like talk medical crap, if all I can talk, I, I can hold my own in the medical sphere because of my kids' medical stuff. But um, and I'm sure you've you done a TV show about it too. Well, I probably I'm sure you should have. for crying yeah. out loud. How to help parents like survive medical crises? Um, so. I, I do really appreciate book smarts, but man, if they don't have street smarts, at least to a certain level, then what, if you could my only take one, for them kind of drops. If you could only take one, which one would you take? Uh, I'd probably take the street smarts, but okay. they better be a good conversationalist, at least, and not faking it. Like they can't like if they really don't know something, they better be a good interviewer. Got you know what I mean, so if you don't know junk, but you're at a dinner party or you're in a, in a room at a function or whatever, you better be really good at asking questions, right? Because if you can't spew off information on a topic, then you better be a good interviewer. There we go. Right? Yeah. So there's a trade-off there. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room, but you better be good at asking questions. So you get the other people to talk, and then you learn. See? So, so Chef Charity, I have a question for yes. you. Because... When, this is just my experience. Whenever I've experienced someone with your type of energy, the positive side that you have, the type of attitude that you had, it generally comes from some sort or uh, uh, an abundance of traumas that have happened to be able to put you in that spot. I, I, this, is, this is just what I've seen. True. Or is it that you were born just this vibrant, cra I mean, amazing human being that you are, or is it because of the traumas that you've had in your life, and if so, what what have they been? Um, I would say that um, it's probably a combination of both. Okay. Um, I would you my my grade school friends. I'm sure will tell you that I was this. I was like the alive wire then. Got it. Um, certainly, the older people that knew me as I was growing up and watching me run around church like a banshee, they would say the same thing. Um, although when I had my daughter and my daughter was doing the same thing, many of them said, yeah, this is, this is more than payback. <laughs> this, is, this is a little more than, than you were. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, I, I'll just list it off because everybody's had, and just the things that off the top of my head I can think of because if I start drilling down, then I could really think of some, but... Um, so as a 23-year-old, I had my first bout of ovarian cancer. Um, At 23? 23, yeah, which is really rare. Um, and then, and so then I had, not to get technical, but I had like half my female plumbing out. <coughs> and um, 
then um, as a 27-year-old, two months before I got married, um, I had it again. And uh, on, the, on the half that wasn't taken out. So um, they left me a third of one ovary to work with because I begged them, please just try to leave me something to work with if you can. Only one child at this time? No, I had none. You had none? No, I was not married. Uh-uh. No marriage. No marriage, no kids. No, no Jason Momoa yet. Nothing. Mm-mm. No John Bonet. No. <laughs> 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 or Lisa. <laughs> I wasn't swinging either way. I wasn't doing any of that. Um, I was, uh, I, so was, I was engaged. Third. I was engaged. I was two months before I was getting married, and um, they uh, they cut me down to one third of one ovary left. Wow. Um, and so uh, one month into being married, they said, "Hey, so if you're gonna try to get pregnant, I suggest you start now," because they were anxious to get everything out if they could as soon as possible. So they're like, if you want kids, try to have them now. Let's just get one if you can. And they were they, they sent us to a fertility specialist after a couple months, and um, uh, not you know just because they knew you know they wanted to help us get pregnant fast. Well, I was already pregnant when I <laughs> went into the fertility specialist. I'm really sorry, everyone out there that struggles with the fertility thing. I have tons of tons of friends that have done that that have struggled for years and decades even, and and I I absolutely sympathize with those people i've watched them struggle and the pain they've gone through and that has not been one of my struggles um i feel like i can trip and get pregnant but um so i had my daughter a little over a year after we were first married and then um uh when she was six months old they said okay if you're gonna try again hurry up and try again i'm like i have some semblance i need to have some semblance of sanity like, I'm not going to have kids that close together. That's insane. So, but they kept, you know, they had to keep track of me very closely. So, um, uh, but anyway, so um, her brother came along. I think they're 22 months apart. So her brother came along, and then um, then I just had, start, I started having, like, miscarriages constantly. And, um, and so for, like, three years, I just had tons and tons and tons and tons of miscarriages. And finally, I was like, psh- screw this, I got one of each flavor, um, I got a smaller car, I went from a Suburban, and gas was starting, this is sad, but gas was starting to hit $2 a gallon. Whoa. <laughs> I know. Oh, my word. You uh, people out there that are driving Suburbans, I'm sorry. Are you speaking of heaven? Oh, my gosh. So, um, so because I, I did not want to spend $60 uh, for a tank of gas for oh a 30-gallon Suburban, um, I got rid of that, and I got a, a, a Acura MDX. Loved that car. And so I had two car seats in the MDX, and a um, uh, couple weeks after I got that car, uh, <laughs> and I had, a, I, had hit, I had a hysterectomy scheduled. It was on the books. My mom was going to come out in a month. I was going to have the surgery. Everything was coming out. Um, sorry, everybody. That's, if, you, if this creeps you out, grosses oh. you out, whatever. Um and then a couple days after leaving the doctor's office scheduling that, I got suspicious, and I took a pregnancy test, and son of a biscuit if I wasn't pregnant. And I was like, S- and then I was like, ah, it's just going to, like, miscarry, whatever. So I called the doctor's office. I said, okay, well, at least for the moment, we got to, like, cancel the surgery because some <laughs> we got a problem. Um, and... Um, I, uh, this is where we kind of get into my faith a little bit here. So I wanted to leave my husband then because, um, we were, this was not working out at all. Um, won't get into that. How long were you together? Um, 
in total, by the time I did uh, end it, we were together nine years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so I, um, I wanted to be done. And so I was really angry that I was pregnant. Oh. And, um, and so, uh, when the doctor was like, Hey, you know, the reason we think that you've been having all these miscarriages is because this tiny little ovary. So that puts out all this progesterone to keep a pregnancy before the placenta is formed. Then that takes over that task. Right. And then that creates all that progesterone to keep that pregnancy going. So we want to put you on this stuff so that it keeps the pregnancy. And I was like, uh, whatever, uh, maybe. So I started taking it. Well, I was the gnarliest mom ever. I was so mean. That oh, stuff made me so awful. I don't I see you being sleep. mean. Oh, it was awful. It was chemical. It was all chemical. It was this, this, this medicine they had me on. And I was like, okay. Could, could you have said, because I said so during this time and you not remember it? No. Uh-uh. Because that was like a, that was a hard Are line. Are you sure? There's no way. Possible. Okay. Possible. Right. So the kids were, were they five? And three, if almost four, five, yeah. So they're right in there. So, um, you know, one was in kindergarten, one was in preschool, um, and I was in Arizona at the time, and it was just, it was awful. So I just said, I'm not taking this stuff. I'm not doing it because I don't want this pregnancy, and so it's just gonna miscarry. It's gonna be fine. And so I did. I had a, I had a coming. You know, I had a, a moment on my knees talking to God, and I said, Okay, dude. This is how I talked to him. Hey, dude. You know what? This is on you. You want this kid here? Clearly, he's been trying to get here, or him, or he, him, or she, whatever. But um, they've been trying to get here, obviously, for quite some time. So if they actually want to get here, that's on you, because I'm not doing it. I'm not. Mm. Hel- I'm, I mean, I will be the vessel, and of course, if it actually happens, I will be the best mom I can possibly be to it. Because uh, you know, obviously, when child is, you have kids, when a kid's born, you're just like, oh my gosh. You, you don't believe you can love something so much that you would die for it, right? Um, so I, uh, I don't know why I'm going, going so into this story, but anyway. Um, so I, uh, so it stuck. I quit taking that medicine, but he stuck. And, um, and then that um, impatient little stink, when he still is as a 17-year-old, always has been, that impatient little snot, he tried to start showing up at 30 weeks. Oh. You little snot. Um, and so then they put me on some stuff again and it made me awful again. And we let him cook until 34 weeks and then they t- let me s- get off that junk. And then of course he shows up a couple days later. Um, but I was like mopping my floor, which I had like a thousand square feet of tile in that house. And so I was desperately trying to get that floor mopped before and I was having contractions. I was ready to die. And, um, from start to finish that labor was three hours. So I did wow. not have time to finish that floor. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but anyway, so he has been my comic relief. He uh-huh. is the wittiest little stink. Um, he's not little anymore. I, both my boys play water polo. They're both good-sized boys. Um, but um, so, I, so I've had ovarian cancer. Um, I've had a, a gnarly divorce. <coughs> gnarly. And it took us a year to get divorced. We were separated that whole year. Um, so I've been a, a single mom for 16 years. Um, wow. I, um, I kind of went the Dr. Laura route. Um, I, I tried to date a tiny bit um, here and there, but I never let my kids know I was doing it. Yeah. And, um, and Dr. Laura says, you know, raise your kids and then date. Like, then do it. So okay. I'm like... You know, I just kind of thought, well, I was kind of, well, here's the next thing. So six weeks after my divorce was finally over, which, you know, 
I mean, in technical terms, but it's never really over when you're divorced from somebody <laughs> and co-parenting <laughs> trying. But anyway, um, he's definitely improved over the years. We'll say that. We'll, okay. give him, we'll give him a little bit of props. He's been way better over the years. Um, but uh, um, six weeks after my divorce was final, my daughter was diagnosed with chronic myelogenous leukemia as a seven-year-old, almost eight. And um, she was in such bad shape because it, uh, that kind of leukemia is normally in uh, 50, 60 plus year olds and not very, 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 very rare in kids. And it's um, almost symptomless. Like you can't really tell it's happening on the inside because it's, um, you, so we, this is how I explained it to Haley, is your bone marrow, something flips it, um, flips a switch and puts your bone marrow into turbo mode. And, you're, and that bone marrow starts making all these extra white blood cells that have no purpose. So normally our white blood cells are our immune system, right? They, they, uh, they function to fight infection. Well, too many of them crowd out red blood cells that take all of your oxygen to your brain, your, um, your organs, the rest of your body, your lungs, et cetera. And if there's so many white blood cells that it crowds out all the red ones, then you could have a heart attack or stroke because... Uh, there's too many white blood cells in your entire body. So here's um, it, here's how bad Haley was to start. Um, and my mom's had um, three organ transplants. She was sick my whole life, so I kind of had to take care of my my uh, all my siblings. I'm the oldest of six, so I had to like grow up fast also as a teenager um, and and pick up a lot of slack that was um, that you know, my mom left because she was sick all the time. So um, I. Uh, um, so your normal white blood count is between four and 12,000. You okay. start getting up above 12,000 and you get into the t- you know, 20, 30, 40,000. You're like, ooh, infection. So three, Haley was 338,000. Oh, my god! And so when th- we're standing there and they're hooking her up in ICU, I mean, I, I walked her into ICU. Like, uh, who does that? Like, how do you not go into an ambulance to ICU? Like, I had to, you know, pick her up from... From school, she was in second grade and, um, like, walked her into ICU. And um, they had a bed waiting for her, and, like, her name was already outside of the room. It, it, like, you know, they write it on the little um, whiteboard or stuff. And I come around, and I kind of had my, uh, my act together <coughs> after the, they called me and said, get her over here. And, um, and as soon as I come around the corner and I see her name outside written there, Whoosh, just like, <laughs> you know, just like sobbing. And I was, but the nurse was so sweet. Gosh, I love people. I, everyone at Rady Children's is lovely. Um, she just like turned me around and walked me right back out the, you know, out of the, the wing and like let me get it out so that Haley didn't see. Um, and, um, and I got my act together and then walked back in. Um, but uh, so when they're telling me this, I'm like, uh, you know, they, they just kind of like uh, offhanded said that number. And I said, whoa, 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 wait, go back. What was that number? There's no way I heard that right. And and right there they go, are you a nurse? <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay. So I had to quickly explain my mom's done this, this, this. I know CBC, liver, kidney numbers, um, like all those things. And they go, oh. And then they start talking to me totally different, totally different. So like I know what I, I know some stuff, right? So um, we were in ICU for three weeks. Then we were in hematology oncology for three months. And um, she now uh, 
just had her 15-year anniversary and um, of her diagnosis, and she is, I mean, it's been rough, not going to lie. It has been a rough road, lots of valleys and peaks in that one. Sometimes we th- I thought we were going to lose her, but, you know, I was on my knees begging God to let me keep her because she was going to, as a seven-year-old, stroke or have a heart attack any second, which is why she was in ICU. And um, so uh, that was gnarly, and that's been gnarly for many, many years. Um, she's, I'm happy to say she now um, is a full-functioning, fantastic adult. She still has to be on her chemo every day, and she's been on it every day for that many years. Um, it's wreaked some havoc on her poor little body and her brain, but um, she works with autistic kids and um, has two other jobs, too. She's adulting. She's doing her thing. She's a great little human. And, um, you know, just, of course, you know, you just do anything and everything you can to, like, you know, help your kids when you have kids. Well, um, then um, when her youngest brother, the one that was um, was a surprise, we'll call him. We don't call him a mistake, of course. He's a surprise. Um, but he, um, he was diagnosed at nine with spondyloarthritis and Crohn's disease. So he... Um, that's arthritis in your hips and your tailbone. Um, so his hip joints were really bad. Um, and it, they, for two years, they were telling me it was growing pains. And I finally was like, knowing with all the stuff I've done in the hospital with Haley, I finally one day said, okay, and this is this is charity in um, uh, on tilt, we'll say, okay? Because, um, man, when I go to bat for my kids, you better watch the frick out because – I'm a bear, and I will mow you down. Um, th- I, uh, I heard somebody say the most dangerous place on earth is between a mother and her children, and oh, God help you if you are between me and mine, because a bear doesn't even begin to scratch it. So um, I called up the doctor's office, and I because and uh, Paxton got to where he couldn't even walk normal. And I was like, okay, this is how this is going to go. Um, I'm getting an x-ray today for this kid. Uh, I can either come to you at the doctor's office first, or I can go straight down to Ray Children's in the in the radiology department. But I'm getting an X-ray with this kid today, so you call it. Which one's it going to be? And they said, "Oh, we want to see you first. Fine, I'm coming now." So went down there, got in. They saw, it. "Oh yeah, I think he needs an X-ray." Yeah, he's getting an X-ray today, and so they X-rayed him and they read the X-rays by the end of the day, and they said, "Yeah, we think he needs to go to orthopedics." And like, yeah, probably so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So next day we were, in, you know how long it takes to get into orthopedics normally? Oh my gosh. So even if you got something broken. And so um, they got him into orthopedics, which then right there I knew, okay, we're talking seriousness because we got in so fast. They did more x-rays in orthopedics. They said, yeah, he needs an MRI stat. And I'm like, oh yes, there's the stat word. Um, and so within a couple of days we were in MRI, getting an MRI. And then we were in seeing the rheumatologist and she, in her office with me sitting there, called up the doctor's office and lit their butts up, like yelled at them in front of me on the phone, like ripping them a new one saying, how dare you tell this mother that this kid has had growing pains for two years, that you know that, you know, uh, hip pain, butt pain, you know, back pain like this, that is rheumatological, and you should know that from medical school. You should be, like, um, you know, taken out of uh, medicine, blah, blah. And um, she said, this mother has every right to sue you if I can't get this kid to walk normal again. So God help you if I can't. 
she's like, I have to pull out the biggest guns I have at my disposal to be able to try to get this kid to walk normal. And bless her heart, love her to death. She's still his doctor. Um, she did. She's a little miracle worker. And um, he went from, you know, nine, ten years old. I mean, he was a better little baseball player than my middle kid, who's my, like, superstar athlete. <coughs> Division one UCSD. And um, he, <laughs> my little <laughs> plug. And um, he, uh, he was a better baseball player than my middle kid at that age. And then um, he went from being, like, you know, first to fourth batter to being last because he couldn't walk good. Um, let alone run or or do a bat or anything else. So um, he then um, started playing water polo like his big brother. He started at 12. He was healed enough by the time he was 12 that he started playing water polo. And now he's a little superstar goalie and uh, a little, you know, mamma jamma uh, little athlete. And so I credit so many wonderful doctors and nurses and, oh, the nurses. Gosh, gosh, love our nurses. Um at Rady Children's and then at UCSD um, Morris Cancer Center, uh, that H- Haley's uh, Haley's can- uh, oncologist over there um, has I credit her with saving her life all over again because of Haley's terrible mental illness problems she's had with because of all that daily chemo has wrecked her brain chemicals and um, that doctor like made her sign a contract with her and did all these things to like get that kid, you know, you know, at the older teen, early adult stage, they're not listening to mom, right? They're just, they don't want anything to do with me. So um, they, uh, you know, she, she's, she got that kid on track, you know, that stuff I was not going to be able to do because of, you know, being mom. So, you know, the people that, that have come into my children's lives in so many areas, all the wonderful um, water polo dads that my boys have been able to have around them and, and show them what a really amazing father and, um, and uh, mentor can be. Uh, I'm, I'm so grateful. And that's, you know, that's something that has gotten me far in life is just gratitude. There was one day that... Um, I just had a moment, and I asked, I asked my son, um, I go, uh, did it ever, like, break your heart and, like, make you super sad that here's the, all these dads would line up on the pool deck, right, and watch these games, and, oh, they would not miss a game. I mean, they were there all the time, and I was there any second I was not, like, filming or whatever. I mean, I have terrible FOMO, fear of missing out, if I ever miss any kind of game. Um, but unfortunately, because of my job, sometimes I've had to miss games. So, um, but those, boy, those dads are there, hell or high water. All lined up, you know, arms crossed over there, analyzing everything, talking about the game, and they stand away from the stands. They have this, like, lineup. And, um, and I always, I asked him, I said, does that ever, that ever bother you, that all these other boys' dads are always there? And, um, and he said, no, because those were all my dads. Mm-hmm. And I... I didn't lose it in front of him right there. I just, I, I, I was so choked up. And so I immediately went over to my computer and I started hacking out an email to all those dads, just praising them and thanking them for how amazing they are, what great dads they are, what great examples and mentors they've been to my son and the, and just so grateful for them, so grateful for them. And all of us families are really tight. We've traveled all over the place for water polo and stuff. We're big-time water polo people. Um, but, uh, you know, gratitude, and I'm not getting anything for that. 
You know, I I just think it's important to be grateful and to express that gratitude. Don't just be grateful inside. Actually express it. Tell people thank you, right? Um, um, I also think it's important to uh, use people's names. Use people's names. When I am at anywhere, I I love name tags. Love name tags. Um, Because anywhere I'm at, I don't just tell the Trader Joe's um, cashier thank you. I say, thank you, James. I, like, check that name. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Heather. You know, and, and they're like, what, what, you know, what, what? And then, you know, they kind of forget that they have a name tag on. So it's kind of fun. But, um, and when waiters and waitresses, if they, you know, the higher end places, they don't have names on usually. And so as soon as they come up and they introduce themselves, um, sometimes they don't say their name. I said, I'm t- I missed your name. What was it again? And, you know, I'll introduce myself. I'm Charity. Thank you, you know, um, um, you know, Allison, thank you for, you know, being our waiter today. And, you know, what can you recommend? And so every time they are back and forth at my table, Allison, thank you. Thank you, Allison. Appreciate that, Allison. You know, can Allison, can I get some more water? Or, you know, I, I use that name constantly. And um, they're less likely to spit in my food when they <laughs> are bringing it back out because I have worked in plenty of restaurant <laughs> kitchens. So, um, you know, it, in a way, that's a little bit um, selfish of mm-hmm. me, but I think it's important. And um, and when I'm with uh, teenagers or young adults or something, and I'm doing this, I make sure I point it out to them because they're sometimes they're not the most observant. They're a little bit in their phones a lot. So I tell them, I said, "This is why I'm doing this, yes. and this is what you should be doing. Like practice this." But so it's a, it's an amazing skill set that you have because even this morning, for those of you guys listening, when she when uh, Chef Charity came in. I mean, she had unlimited amount of gifts for myself, uh, for my wife, for my daughter, um, you know, signed a, uh, signed a, a picture of her for my daughter, um, all these things. And so I want you to know if when you're listening to this and you're hearing it, the gratitude part, she's living out. The, the part that I want to jump to, uh, Charity, uh, Chef Charity, is that you were able to build this entertainment career, which most people never even scratch, you did it simultaneously while all those things were happening. You're, you went through a divorce. You're, you're a single mom. You've, you're dealing with, you know, the, the medical challenges, things like that. Take us to Netflix and when people, because people think that Chef Charity just one day blew up. Like you were just walking down the street and then somebody grabbed you and was like, hey, we're going to put you on a TV show. I know that that stuff doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of little stuff, but take yep. us to that Netflix part of it and where people thought in their head, wow. Chef Charity just blew up. And to you in your head, you're probably thinking, no, I've been doing this for a long time, and now you're just recognizing that, it, yeah. that it's actually happening. Right. So, okay, I'm going to try to do this as fast as possible because you kind of have to, like, hear the hear the journey a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, So uh, my uncle <coughs> rents military vehicles to the entertainment industry. Um, now, uh, I have always been a car buff problem. I keep my mouth shut about that when I'm dating. Um you, no, you should open it no, up no, about no. that. Guys don't like it when you know more about cars okay, than they do. Right. So you just, but you just <laughs> need to date the right dude. I know, but this is, if I have more, that's one of the things. If I have, so this list is going to come out throughout this interview, I'm just telling you. So like, you better be taking notes. So, um, if I have more testosterone than they do, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Which means if I do better with power tools, which I'm fantastic at, if I do, um, if I know more about cars, if I um, know more about firearms, if I know about like, 
like all these guy things, right? If you can build a functioning well. lava lamp that is actually edible. Yes, this is true. And I they can. can't, which yes. actually you did. Yes, I did. Um, so <laughs> I, so I've, I've driven all these gigantic, you know, five ton trucks, deuce and a half, APCs, um, you know, Humvees, all these things. So I've driven all these things in a lot of films and um, music videos, uh, California Love, Tupac and Dr. Like, I've driven Tupac. No way. Yes. So, so between radio and, and the different things I've done, once in a while, I'll... Uh, if you I'll, look, can we see you in the video? Uh, you have to really be looking for me. Okay, so look for Chef Charity. That's... You can, like, California tiny, love? tiny side, tiny okay. side. Yeah. Hey. Um, because, you know, I wasn't a that's, principal by now. That's some street cred I right know. there. It's so funny. So um, what was funny was right after I'd done radio, and those guys knew me already from radio, so they're like, what are you doing here? <laughs> How are you driving these? <laughs> I had to explain. But um, it was kind of funny. So, like, still to this day, like, once in a while, I'll remember something, and I'll just come out my mouth with my kids, and they're like, what? You never told me that. You, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you saw you, you were with that person, or you had dinner with that person. Um, so they, they still, like, get mad at me that I haven't told them all. I'm like, there's too much. I can't, like, tell it all of you at once. So anyway, um, so, I, I, so I, was, I was driving military vehicles. And, um, with Tupac, right. Um, and like Steve Martin, Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> Phil Hartman, <laughs> I did that movie, um, oh, Kurt good. Russell. I mean, I go on. Okay. Anyway, so, um, so I know the back end of a production. I know the audio guys, you know, uh, craft services, which is all the food people and, um, uh, the cameras, the, you know, the production, I, I have all, I knew all the back end of it already. Um, a couple times they actually pulled me in to, to do other like little bit parts just cause I was there. But, um, so I knew a lot of the, of the back end workings, right? I didn't know the business end working, which, which I'm learning as we're developing my own show, but, um, that's, so there's, there's always new aspects to this business. But anyway, so I knew that. So then when I um, was approached by Ultimate Cakeoff on TLC to come and do one of their shows, it was going to be the first episode of season two of that show on TLC. Um, I get there, I get to set, and I immediately start learning the names of all the camera guys. I start making friends with the production folks. I start making friends with... Um, all of the PAs, because the PA, the production assistants, are the ones that are like the little grunt workers, and they do everything. And so I like to make friends with all of them. Um, like anybody and everybody, I could get their names and get it down in my head, and I like to do memory tricks, but um, I, I started making friends with everybody. So at the end of that episode, there was a very tense moment. And then most people that do what I do, they come on set, they're very nervous, um, Cameras don't scare me, so I was, n I mean, I was nervous because I hadn't done this kind of a competition before. It was nine hours. That's a marathon in, co in competition standards. So um, I was kind of nervous, but I knew my stuff. We were prepared. I knew what I was doing, and, um, and, and I wasn't nervous about the television aspect of it at all um, because I was comfortable in that world already. So... Um, and I grew up doing musicals and so performing and stuff. That's nothing. It's fine. Um, that doesn't bother me. So I had kind of a, a, a unique skill set walking onto that set. But anyway, so I made friends with all these people. So at, um, at about 20 minutes left, 20, 25 minutes left, something in there, um, we had a crisis. So, of course, 
great television, great television. Every camera in that place, the giant booms up over my head. Um, I had a camera, uh, for those of you who are listening, I have a camera on my right, right in my face. I have a camera on my left, right in my face. I have a camera over my right shoulder, over my left shoulder. The giant one up over my head on the, like, the boom crane dealy. And um, so there's like five cameras in my face and all on me as I'm trying to get this thing done and taken care of. And my, uh, one of my assistants that I took with me, um, he was not able to get this white chocolate to, to temper. And he's like, we can't temper white chocolate. You know, we can't temper chocolate in 10 minutes and get it to set with the kind of time we have left. I'm like, watch me. That's one thing about me. You tell me I can't do something, I better back the frick off because I'll do it. I mean, it's a terrible rebellious streak in me, I'm sure, <laughs> but I don't tell me no. I, you know, it's not good to tell me no. Um, so, because um, I will turn that into a yes. So, um, anyway, so we were, like, furiously getting it done. I took over that aspect because we were not going to have our cake not finished um, over my dead body, and which would have made good t- TV, too. Um, but, anyway, so I, it was very tense. These guys were making me really claustrophobic, and instead of, like, yelling at them, like a lot of, I watched a lot of cake artists do on all these shows because they walk in and they're like, they act diva. They're like, it's all about me and I'm here and I'm the star and I'm going to try really hard to like get as much camera time as possible. I'm going to give them as much sound bites as I can. Um, I'm going to be like gregarious and, and, and out there and it's fake, right? It's all fake yeah. and it comes across as fake and so they don't use it in television. There's a tip for y'all. Just be yourself. Just be you. So, but what, um, so I, even though it was very tense, I was very nervous and, and, and stressed out and really under the gun, I just paused and I, and I said all their names. I said, you know, you, 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 you. I said, guys, I just need you to take a quick step back because I'm, I need a little bit of breathing room. Um, trying to give you some good television here, but I got to get it finished and I just need you to take a step back. And they're like, oh, okay, sure, sure. Like, they were so shocked, so shocked that that's the way I handled that instead of yelling at them, right, and getting mad at them. They're used to that. Yeah. So they did. They totally took a step back, and they just kind of zoomed in a little bit better. Um, instead of physically getting in, you know, they just came back and let their cameras do the work. And, um, uh, you know, because they're, like, they're like stressed and tense, too, because they're on, on tap to get the best footage, for production, right? Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so they, um, that moment and just the way I handled myself on that set, the culinary production world is very small in television land. So, um, and it was kind of probably even smaller back then. Um, but that spread like wildfire. And so they asked me and my team back when they got extended uh, four episodes. So they asked us back to be on another episode that same season and, um, and you know, had a great experience there. And, um, and ever since then, I just keep getting called. So for every, and I've been on way too many TV shows in the competition space, but um, for every one I did do, I probably turned down six, seven, eight, maybe, because I didn't either like, like the concept or... I just didn't feel like it was, it, timing-wise it wasn't going to work out or you know, whatever. So um, so from that, then I was on, you know, the Halloween Wars, they kept asking me back, kept asking me back, because I could do sugar or cake. Um, the second season that I was on there, I did not have the great, well, 
yeah, or did not have the best experience because of some stuff. But um, then they really put the thumb screws on me because they were desperate. They had somebody back out a couple days before they started, and they were absolutely desperate. So, um, but I had already retired, quote unquote, from com- from competing. Um, but I was like, you know what? Okay, I'll do it. And so I did, and I had a terrible experience. Terrible. And um, I, I had gotten food poisoning right before I walked in there. So when I got in there, I was like maybe operating at 25%. I mean, it was bad. And then just a whole lot of things I won't get into went totally awful. I was really ticked off. But anyway, um, I, again, there's we're burning bridges. You don't want to burn bridges. So that was where I was really biting my tongue so it was bleeding everywhere. <laughs> Just kidding. But it was like I was really holding it together, like really holding it together um, to not burn bridges. But anyway, so um, what was funny is when I got, it was, um, gosh, like six, seven months, or uh, six months later. Um, no, it was about four months later. I got a phone call, and I was, I was, um, making some stuff, and my phone was ringing on my, um, my counter, and when my kids were around, they, then they saw, they saw the name, and they're like, and I was ignoring it, and they're like, uh, are you gonna get that? I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm thinking no, <laughs> because it was one of these producers from that show, and I'm like, yeah, no, don't think so. They're like, mom, you can just tell them no, like, you might as well hear what they want, and I, you know, because, you know, kids don't, Kids don't know that concept of letting a, letting the phone go, yeah. right? Yeah, because yeah. it's always like pick it up, g- get it, uh, respond, you know, right away. you know, yeah, react. And I'm like, no, don't think I'm going to. And so finally, my my son, it was like, mom, just get it. And I'm like, oh, fine. So it was like literally the last ring I happened to catch it. Before I even said hello, this guy said, first of all, thank you for picking up, and second of all, this is for Netflix. Before you hang up on me. <laughs> And I'm like, and I, so I like, just said it was, I'm listening. I mean, I've had tons of conversations with this guy, you know, over all, many, 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 many years of doing tons of show and that he was involved with. And so it was kind of funny that he was, like, doing this Netflix gig. It wasn't Food Network at all. And so um, it, that it was so funny that he was just, he was like, before you hang up on me, <laughs> this is for Netflix. And I was like, I'm listening. <laughs> so then he pitched me the, the, um, the concept of Nailed It. And he said, now, this is, it's brand new. We're going to have a lot of learning curve. Um, I know you can roll with the punches, but I need you also to be your own producer, which I know you can do, along with making all these things, but you can tell the camera what to get. Like, so it's going to be you and the camera in your set making all these things so that we have all the footage of them actually being made, and we're going to have to, like, test to make sure it's doable, um, you're going to have as much time as the contestants. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be weeks and weeks of doing all kinds of things. And it's a competition again. And for me, like again and again and again and again, again, like under the gun, it's like, oh, this is going to be stressful. And it was, it was terrible, but, um, wonderful people that I got to work with though. I absolutely adored all the people. And it was like a family because it was three solid years of nailed it. Plus, um, I did the first season of nailed it Mexico, um, and then they started doing a bunch of other countries. Um, but it was, um, I think I think when I counted, 49 episodes of that show. Wow. Yeah. And, and when he, what he did, t- when he was talking to me about it, um, you know, it was that whole concept that people were posting on, uh, on Instagram at the time of like, you know, hey, this is what I tried for, and this is what I got, and I totally bombed it, and I nailed it. You know, like being funny, right? Nailed it. And um, 
and you know they they created this whole show off of a little like Instagram funny <laughs> thing people were doing and it was brilliant because it had it was totally different in the culinary space people had n- no one had done anything like it um, we during my tenure um, we'd been up for five Emmys I believe um, which is epic right that's awesome but um, originally it was supposed to be that when they hit the panic button I was supposed to come out because I had been the one that had made them and oh. Jacques is a brilliant pastry chef awesome chocolatier but our american cake is funky it's goofy it's weird you know and a lot of things we were doing were um very odd you know not anything classic french pastry chocolate um and so he was a little bit fish out of water he's like how do you guys do this weird stuff and what do you what's this weird material you're using you know whatever and um so, uh, but we learned, like, right off the bat, because like, when I filled out paperwork, when I first hit set doing that one, I filled out cast paperwork, as in face on camera, you know, yeah. they were going to reveal me at the end, this is who has done it. I mean, I have footage on my phone that one of the camera guys gave me of that, of that reveal uh, that they were going to do. Well, in editing and finishing it up, they didn't ever use it. They, you know, the Netflix people decided we're not revealing who's done these. And I was like, so my cast paperwork, so this is where, like, um, you know, you can say I want a credit or I want to be on the credits. Well, that first, um, then you almost get to see credits on Netflix, so they just, like, bump right to the next episode. So, like, you don't even see them. But um, but when they, um, the first six episodes we put out, because we filmed 12 at a time or 14 at a time, but um, the first season we put out of six, <coughs> is it was a gamble. The other thing, too, is that they, was a, they were originally making this to be an adult show. So Nicole Byer, is a, as a comedian, our host, um, lovely person, uh, but she is a very adult comic. Like, not G-rated. <laughs> not even PG or PG-13 rated. In fact, R might be a stretch, Yeah, frankly. Um, and so she was doing all sorts of jokes. I mean, a lot of the things that they were asking me to make were to be more a certain style that was mm-hmm. innuendo, I will say, to keep this G-rated. Um, but, um, and then she, you know, it was, it was, I mean, honestly, I was at one point, I'm like, I'm not so sure I'm going to be, I want to tell anybody I was even like involved in this. We'll <laughs> see what happens. Like, um, but as they had put out the promo for it, you know, Netflix decided to make it family and make yeah. it G-rated, pretty much. And um, uh, as they put out the promo for it, it was uh, it blew my mind. It blew the producer's mind because the the promo for it, um, when I finally saw it, I believe it had gotten six million views Whoa. and had over thirty eight thousand comments. Like within the first couple of days of it being released, just the just the tease for it, yeah. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, we have got something here." Well, we'll see. Like when people actually start watching the episodes, let's see if it actually holds. So they saw that, and so then they and they had only edited up the first six that they were going to put out. The other ones were just still in the can. They were going to put the money towards all that post production if it was going to not be good, right? It was going to flop. Yeah. So you, like, cut your losses, right? So um, 
because they saw the ridiculous um, uh, uh, sensation it was already, they started scrambling to get those other six edited up. Um, well, I didn't even show up on the credits mm. of the first six, the first the first season they put out. And I was like, wait, hold the phone. Uh, what's happening here? Like, you know, this is this is where you can't, you know, you have to be careful trying to advocate for yourself. Um, and and this was this was me treading as lightly as I felt I could without being ugly pushy. But you know, if I don't stand up for me, nobody else is going to. Of course. Right. So um so I was communicating with some of the executive producers and stuff. I'm like, dudes, uh, hello, no credit. What the heck? Uh, what's happening here? And I was supposed to be, ca- and um, a- after I watched all the episodes, I'm like, there was no reveal. What's happening? Like, what are you talking? Like, what's what's going on here? And then the next six came out, no reveal there either. And I'm like, okay, well, hmm. Um, so the next year, we did it um, and did. Um, uh, did 12 more. We did the holiday season and the third season. And then right after that, we did Mexico. And um, they filmed another sort of reveal where Sylvia and Nicole come back to my set and they kind of reveal me and they put my name, Pastry Chef. And, um, but it was like four seconds, maybe five. I mean, it was nothing, right? And I had, Felt like I had pushed and pushed and pushed for it, and um, and you know the like the owners of the production company were even like assuring me, hey, this is going to happen, blah blah, and so that was super disappointing. So like the third year we were doing this, and in between we're doing all these crossover episodes. So because the the nailed it was such a sensation, um, they started having us do um, uh, like episodes where other shows they were trying to promote, their um, actors or characters or principals would come and compete on Nailed It, and they would put it out either as, like, mini-episodes or on Instagram or other things. And so we were, I felt like we were constantly in production on something, right? And then all the testing and the creative we were doing, because I was involved in um, so much of that. Um, and uh, there's just a lot of back-end work that goes into to making these things. So um, the... Uh, um, so we, you know, we get into like the third season of doing all this. And, um, then if you go on my website, uh, chefcharity.com, my sizzle reel is on there. And so entertainment tonight came out at the end of that um, year and did a big interview with me and Nicole and Jacques and it's fun. And, and they do introduce me. Um, I was in uh, the entertainment, uh, tonight magazine as a, like a, they did a culinary feature kind of thing. And I was in there. Um, so I got some promo finally out of three years of doing this show where all you see is my hands, which I am no hand model, seriously. Um, um, my hands making everything because every second of making every one of those pieces, it's four pieces per episode. So it's three small ones at the first round of an episode and then a big one. So every second of that is filmed. I am filmed making that, and um, but it's my hands. It's like close up. It's you know this goes here, this goes here, this gets poured into here, whatever this gets up, and um, and in in Hollywood, it's out of sight, out of mind. So if my face is not on camera, people forget that you exist. Wow. Yeah, and so I'm like, and I know this, and I knew this going in, and so I was 
I was struggling with that because I'm like, you all are cutting me off at the knees with my career here. Like, I'm giving you my all. Um, I'm busting my ass, giving you as much as I can of me, my time. Um, I was trying to give them my best work. It was really a struggle because um, um, it was funny. I heard Jack Carr, who's actually one of my favorite um, my favorite authors. He did the, the Joe Rogan podcast recently. Yeah. And, um, and his book, his first book in his series um, with James Reese – I told you I like the CIA, like the Navy SEAL, like all this kind. I love those kind of books. So, um, so I like absolutely devoured his books. They're fantastic, by the way. So, um, Chris Pratt is starring in the Terminal List that's coming out on Amazon in um, a couple months here, and he was talking about how um, you know, this was his first foray into television and filming and stuff, and it was interesting to hear his takes on things and his experience. So he was saying how everything has to go through the production company and all these all these layers and levels of approvals and then all trickles all back down. I'm like, oh, brother. Oh, do I know that? <laughs> oh, do I know that process? Because it would, you know, and, and I felt like so many of the producers, some almost just to justify their jobs, it would have to have some note. Tell me to, to change something. Well, in food, sometimes the things they would tell you to change, I'm like, then I'm starting all over. Like, I'm wow. starting from scratch because you don't understand. And so I would have to, as kindly as I could, which was difficult sometimes because I was under intense amount of stress. And I'm talking, like, coal under stress becoming diamond-level stress. Like, like hardcore stress. And um, having to get these things done, you know, in time to be into beauties and shot and then ready for the next day's episode to be filmed because – if my, if my work doesn't happen, an episode doesn't happen, right? If you don't open those doors and all the pretty smoke comes out and there isn't something sitting there for them to make, there's no episode. So um, I, you know, as all these notes and all these changes that they want to have happen, I'm like, guys, ah, this is food. This isn't like me snap a finger. I am not I dream of genie and I can just go, oops, done. You know, that's, oh, fix that, change that, change that color, change this, change that. It takes time. I have to, like... You know, I have to, it has to all be filmed again. Um, it, it, it's, it was not an easy thing to do to do all these changes that they wanted all the time. And so I felt like a lot of times, and I don't like being in this position, that I ended up kind of being the bad guy, having to push back, and I'd have to say, no, I can't. Like, is it really that critical? I mean, if it's really critical, then sure, I'll, you know, I've already worked 14 hours today. Sure, I'll work 20. I mean, I've... <laughs> You know, I mean, I'm human. Um, there was, and and I'm a big Orange Theory addict. I I need to get back since COVID because I really miss it. But I was, I still, am, I feel consider myself an Orange Theory addict. I love Orange Theory, the um, the high intensity interval training yes. gym. So um, I uh, every morning, luckily for me, I'm in Burbank, right across the freeway was my Orange Theory. So they put me up in Airbnb, and I would hit Orange Theory at 5 a.m. every morning and then go across the street all red-faced, dripping in sweat, but changed into, like, my clothes. Um, but still red-faced, because, yes, I am Scandinavian. Um, takes a long time for that red to go away. Um, I would hit set, and I would, you know, be ready to go because I was already, like, already, you know, killing it at Orange Theory, busting out five, 600 calories in an, in an hour, you know, killing myself there. Um, but that's where my stress relief would always come from, right? And, um, but I would be lucky because of how much we were working and, and what we were doing to get five, I mean, six hours of sleep was a luxury. Wow. So, um, I mean, and, and this was weeks on end 
of doing stuff. So um, I had to have that orange theory just to, like, I felt survive. And so there was one day, I don't remember what happened, but I wasn't able to get to orange theory that morning. And, and apparently I was a little on edge. So um, somebody had taken a gigantic whiteboard, stuck it outside of my set, um, and had written on it in giant pen, warning, <laughs> charity did not work out this morning, enter at your own risk. <laughs> and, I, and I came out of my set and was doing something, and I was like, came back in, I saw that sign, and I just started dying laughing. I was like, oh my gosh, am I really being that bad this morning? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody go get me a Starbucks refresher. <laughs> it was like, you know, I mean, I felt bad, but it was, you know, it was an intense show. It was yeah. not, this is not like just fun and games. You, you see the end result and you think it's fantastic. It's fun. It's easy. This is no joke. It is just no joke. I mean, I don't know how the labor, I don't know how the filming industry has like figured this out with their labor laws, but a regular day. Regular day before you do overtime is 12 hours. Wow. You do not get into overtime until you are in past 12 hours. Mm. Well, I think it's like that. I mean, when you're talking about it, it, it's the same way in business. It's the same way with a successful relationship or, you know, being successful in anything that you do. Most of the time, people don't see all the work that you put in. So they're right. seeing, you know, with, with Nailed It, it was me and my daughter, we really connected on this show and we would watch it all the time and just be dying laughing. And a lot of people think that, oh, wow, you know, a person just hops on, makes cake or tries to do it and then bang, the show is done. It's incredible to be able to hear the back end side of it. Um, you had alluded, and I know you haven't said it yet, but you had alluded that you're working on a new show. Yes. Can you, are you allowed to talk about it? I can talk a little bit about it. Okay. We're, in, we're in development, so we're um, we're tweaking what you, what they call the show bible. So this is okay. like the big idea laid out with yeah. some you know episode ideas, some casting ideas, um, like a treatment. Yes, it's yes. a show treatment. Okay. But um, I'm learning some of the words. Yeah. So show bible is a little bit beyond even treatment. Oh wow! Um, it's a little deeper. Okay. And um, we are we're we're getting to the point where we're doing the fine tuning so that then we hop to shopping it. So when you go to shopping it, and it was fun because I, I got to hear Jack Carr talk about this too on his, on his thing. So it's fun for me to hear somebody else going through similar processes. Mm -hmm. But he said, um, you know, that uh, when, when they started shopping it to, you know, different networks, all the different networks, and then there was like a bidding war. Well, I was like, oh, that's sick that there was a bidding war going on. And I'm hoping that's happening with us. Yes. Because I, um, similar to um, like uh, um, some of these, some of these moguls that have started huge things, like um, like the FedEx guy. You know, even though he got Fred a Smith. C, right? He got a C on that on that project. Yeah. Uh, pitching the idea he knew it in his bones yeah. right that that was gonna work and that it was gonna be big and Walt Disney same thing he knew not that I'm equating myself to Walt Disney but he knew in his bones that this was, was gonna right be yeah, yeah that it was what he was to do yeah another person I expect to uh, shake his hand and thank him for the wonderful thing he did and all the wonderful times my children and I have had at the at the behest of Disney things um um and I, this, this concept, I see it in my head mm -hmm. when I get to tell someone the concept and, and pitch it myself, sell it myself, oh. then they see it. And I they, saw and it when you were, when you. we first met and you talked to me about it, 
Yeah. You know, you told me a little bit about it and it's, it's, I'm unbelievable. I can't wait. It's like, going to be rad. Oh, I it's just phenomenal. know it. It's but phenomenal. It's going to be, so you have to kind of like hand it over to an agent and then they go pitch it. So I'm like, mm, can I be with you? <laughs> I know. You need to have a hologram pop up because if, if they heard, like, I, I get a chance to hear that part of it. And don't worry, I recorded it and then I posted right it. On. <laughs> I'm just joking about it. I'm just joking with you. But to, to be able to see it or to hear you talk about it and anything, the cool thing with you is I, I in the short amount of time that we've spent together, um, you don't really talk about things that your heart isn't in. And I want to compliment you on that. And I, I also want our listeners to understand that, uh, again, this is not an act. This is not a, the energy that you see, the passion that you see from Chef Charity, this is exactly who she is. And her new show, which is going to be unbelievable, um, is that. And it, it's going to, I think it's going to capture the true essence of you. So, Well, I believe that, um, you know, uh, programming went so far in one ugly direction mm -hmm. of being, um, you know, just like gnarly reality TV stuff, like uh, drama, grossness, you know, catty awfulness, um, you know, just not feel good, yeah. right? And um, back in the days when um, we were all watching, uh, you know, when, kind of when reality TV first started, when there was um, Survivor, the, the OG Survivor, oh, yeah. right? And, um, and the, um, which was cool, because you're like, oh my gosh, are they going to make it? Um, and that was like real for the most part, right? Yeah. Um, and then you get into um, like extreme home makeover, yeah. right? And that was such a feel good show. And when they would say move that bus, you were already like choking up and in tears, right? So yeah. excited for these people, and and the and the joy that they had and stuff. So that that level of of um, emotional connection yeah. with the audience. And Amazing. the fun, plus I really am into the education piece. I really like people to learn things, but fun. So speaking of Walt Disney, he has a quote that he says, I'd rather entertain and hope people learn something than educate them and then hope they're entertained. Wow. So that is like, that is on my wall. Yeah. I, I, I live and breathe that. Um, and um, I have so many positive quote sayings like everywhere in my workspace and my living space and stuff like that and then have my vision boards yeah. I'm not into vision boards I think they're the best um but uh, that's kind of like your goal that's like that's like my version of goal writing is yeah. you know and manifestation writing or that kind of stuff is like putting that out there to the universe if you will that's your positive junk um <laughs> is my vision boards and stuff and on my on my um my positive sayings I also <laughs> I have one on my wall that says um um they say God doesn't give us anything we can't handle. And then I said, and then it says, apparently he thinks I'm a badass. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, yes, I am. Yes. Dang it. Yes, I am. But that emotional connection, that, um, that entertainment, that fun, mm -hmm. the education, the, um, the high energy, um, you know, the, um, and, and the show isn't, it's not all about me. I'm, I'm like that true host that like, helps you move through this story space yeah. um, and and introduce you to these wonderful people and um, with this wonderful result at the end that is going to make you, like, with joy, choke up and be excited <laughs> and thrilled and, and so happy for these people. And, um, I mean, it just it makes my heart jump out of my chest when, when I get to talk about it. I have a 
phone call about it tomorrow. But um, it's, you know, I love it. I love it. I know in my gut. I mean, it's been, but here's, okay, so here's the thing. This did not just happen yesterday. Yeah. This idea actually came to me when one of the shows that I said no to, um, they were really pushing me hard to come on their show. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and the concept of the show really, uh, I can't really, uh, bothered me. Uh-huh. And I was like, there's no purpose for it. Like, there's no, yeah. um, like, uh, and, and it's funny because it didn't last. Like, it lasted one season. And I'm like, what if, and I pitched it to him. I was like, what if you took what you're doing and take this, episode if you want me to come on because I'm involved in this you know this icing smiles organization uh-huh. what if we have my, the episode you want me on and we make this cake on this episode for uh, one of our kiddos one of our medical kiddos for icing smiles and then you have this wonderful thing at the end I mean I pitched it big time like it's great programming it'd be a great episode and um and he, and the, the guy I was talking to, um, he's like, oh, that's a really good idea. That sounds really cool. He's like, let me run it up the chain. Yeah, I know that goes. And so he said, let me run it up the chain and, and come back to me. So it was like, it was another day or so that he, he finally came back. And he's like, no, they, you know, that's not really about our host. Which is yeah. again, that's why the show did not fly, in my yeah. opinion, because that show was all about that host. And, um, uh, you know, so I'm talking very cryptic. Um, never so burn bridges. Never burn bridges. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and, but yet when, when I, as soon as I finished pitching it to him and it literally was, uh, it was, um, it was organic. I mean, the, the idea wasn't mine. It was mm-hmm. not mine. That literally came to me from, from above yeah. and it just flowed right through me, through my mouth. And I was like, Wow. After I got off the phone with them the first time after pitching, I was like, I better write this down because, oh, my gosh, that was really, really awesome. How come I hadn't thought of that before? Wow. And I I immediately, back to the gratitude piece, I immediately would have said, thank you. Thank you for that idea. Thank you for that brilliant concept. So I wrote it down. And then that was like, gosh, five, six years ago? Yeah. Five, six years ago. And it's been developing, and I've been, you know, creating it as a show treatment and as I as I get to know more wonderful people in the entertainment industry that I trust which is very few actually mm-hmm. but it's um, the people that I feel comfortable sharing it with and getting their notes and their comments and their yeah. suggestions and their help with it on um, I've had many people look at it and 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 help me with it um, and uh, to where it's evolved into this thing that's even so much better than the original idea yeah and it's been so fantastic, so exciting, and um, and you know, now you get to this point where it's like so rad. But then, like when we shop it, then you get networks that are like, oh well, we want to cut this. We'll oh, we want to change this. Yeah. Oh, and so you, they can like start hacking it to pieces to where it's unrecognizable from what you wanted it to be by the time it hits the end user. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm I I'm hoping that I'm a good enough salesperson. Um, and persuasive enough to um, keep it the way it's designed yeah. and only keeping it getting better and not getting hacked to bits. <laughs> uh, but we'll see. You know, I'm, I, I'm hoping. I believe it's going to be amazing. I mean, for those of yeah. you out there, you get the cryptic version of it. I got the specific. <laughs> um, and uh, honestly, it's, it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. Chef Charity, the reason why I started the podcast in the first place is because of my kids. 
I've got McKenna, who's 13 years old, and I've got Maddox, who's 10 years old. Uh, Maddox is an absolute superhero, little cartoon character, and just uh, marches to the beat of his own drum. Miss McKenna, who I told you about, she's an artist. Um, she loves the, uh, I mean, she loves the baking side of it. She loves the cooking side of it, but she loves the creative side. Yes. And she pours her heart into every single thing. But I wanted to uh, start the podcast because I wanted to take iconic people like yourself, and I wanted to show both of my kids that anything in life is possible. And it's not, it doesn't have to do with your aptitude. It has to do with your attitude. And if you have the right attitude and you have the right work ethic, anything is possible. So what advice would you give to Maddox and McKenna? And if you could use both of their names, it would be amazing. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm wondering quickly, um, do you kind of uh, uh, lament that you named your kids two MA words? Because <laughs> I did the same thing with my boys, Parker and Paxton, and oh my gosh, do I call them each other all the time. Oh my word, the poor boys. I think boys. that's just a parent thing. Gosh, that's just it. a parent the thing. The poor boys. But um, I do love their names, though. Thank um, you. And Maddox and Paxton kind of sound like I love that X thing. Um, but um, so McKenna and Maddox. Mm -hmm. These days, kids um, are not expected, I have found in general, to work. Mm. And I do mean work. Like, if you don't have chores that you're required to do around your house every week, go to your parents and say, give me chores. I want to know what I'm expected to do every week, and I want to check them off, and I want you to give me my, you know, tell me what my performance is and how I can improve. And, um, which, by the way, you always want to say positive first. You want to say, you did this part really great, but let's try to get this part done a little bit differently next time. So, um there's like your positive piece, there's the parenting guide, po positive piece first and then a little bit of, you know, guidance. Um, I don't even like to use the word critique. Um, but my kids, um, it's very hard as a parent to make your kids work. And I do mean make because it's way easy to just do stuff yourself. Um, and not put up with the complaints and the gripes and the complaints and having to tell them over and over and over again. Or, um, you know, uh, I had a rule early on. I'm like, if I have to tell you a third time, like I'll go with two because I, I have ADD myself. I need reminders. So if I have to go with a third time, then stuff's getting taken away. Like I'm uh -huh. not into like, um, like you know, gnarly punishments, but I will start yanking privileges, you know, or, or <laughs> I, uh, I, because my sweet Haley, um, all of her, her behavior issues as a kid, I read every parenting book in, I mean, in print, every parenting book in print, I swear, um, to where I could go to Barnes and Noble and I could scan that section. I'm like, yep, yep, mm-hmm, yep, read them all. <laughs> um, so I, um, you know, to where, so my kids had to learn how to work. We have a big yard, and they would have to do work in the yard. And um, anything over and above normal <laughs> stuff, then I would pay for. So I don't pay uh, an allowance for the chores you're expected to do for the functioning of the home, like for making your bed, putting away your laundry, emptying the dishwasher, doing dishes, you know, mopping floors, you know, uh, vacuuming floors, blah, blah. Extra stuff, so kind of like yard junk, except not mowing the lawn. But extra stuff, I'll pay for so that's how they can earn money, right? So uh -huh. I wanted them to learn about earning money and, and how to do it and become a hard worker because I watched, and I won't name names, but... Um, Not burning bridges. Yeah. There's a family I grew up with and all their kids, um, 
I watched how, and I, I can say now as older adults that we all are, now they're hard workers, uh-huh. but they had so much handed to them early on as teenagers and stuff. They were very spoiled, very yeah. snotty, um, and and yet I was, you know, I had my first job at 14. I had that work permit thingy, and I was, I was you know, working jobs, working jobs, working jobs, because I wanted money, dang it. I wanted, <laughs> you know, I wanted my radio I had to buy. I wanted my, my car. I wanted my bike. I wanted, you know, I, and so I had to earn that money. I was one of six kids. So, um... I, uh, so I was very into earning money, but, um, I wanted my kids to learn how to work. And now that they're starting to be out there in the workforce and you see how there's so many people, I mean, oh my gosh, all my sponsors totally gripe and complain about their labor problems because people don't show up for work the first day, Yeah, the first day, they just don't show they've hired them. You know, they've <laughs> offered them the job decent. I mean, pr- good money. Some of them, they don't show up. It's like, are you kidding me? Um, so I, I think that if you have a good work ethic, uh-huh. if you have good communication skills too, so you need to be able to communicate with your superiors and, and and advocate for yourself. I've had to teach some. I don't know that my kids are going to call me a superior, yes. Chef Charity. No, well, but but they're they, going <laughs> to. But they need so to tell need, my kids to listen to me as a, yeah. as a parent. You need to do like a mock, like a mock um, superiority, like thing? a mock a mock jobs. What are we going to drive up scenario. in a military vehicle yeah, right. with no, Tupac? No, no, no. no, no. Is that so, gonna- <laughs> so like a like a mock like um so 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 use your chores. Okay, like that's their mock job, right? So okay, so and you're their manager. Yeah. Okay, so you, you're not dad anymore when it comes to chores. You're the manager. Should I put on a uniform? Sure. Okay. Put on a name tag okay. if you want to. So they have to come to you and say, you know, um, you can even make up a name. Um, I don't know if my kids are going to like this no, advice. It's fun. It's Chef fun. Charity, you just you said. make it fun. I know, but you just said, like, you just said to, for them to have to look at me as a superior no, and a manager. I have to drive, I have to dress up in some outfit. No. And then just make, make it them fun. work. Make okay. it fun, okay? Right. So it's not like, oh, I've got to do my chores. So you're going to be like, you know, graded, scored, whatever you want to do. Like, um, you know, there's there's rewards. So, like, I like to do not stuff, but I like to do, like, added privileges <laughs> maybe, right? So you can have, like, an extra – I mean, back when they were, you know, doing video games and junk, but, like, you can have, like, an extra 30 minutes on a video game. Okay. You do a really great job of okay. doing such and such. So, like – um. You know the KonMari uh, uh, folding techniques and organizing junk. She even has a show on okay. Netflix. So she, it's a cute little, um, and a sweet little Asian gal who's really good at, at organizing, and she has this whole folding technique yeah. for laundry. So we used to, um, and my boys have fairly deep drawers, so they used to like fold their clothes and um, and and stack their T-shirts up and down. You know, so they're in a stack. So when you open the drawer, you just see the top one, right? So they want to get to, like, a, 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 a shirt one. at the bottom. Yeah. So they pull one out, and the whole stack goes flying, and the whole drawer is a disaster. <laughs> well, I'm very, like, anal retentive, right? So that would drive me crazy. And so when I was introduced to her methods, I was like, oh, my gosh. That is so rad. Because when you open a drawer, the end is standing up. 
of everything and you see it all in line. Oh, so you there we pull go. one out very cleanly okay. and everything else stays in place. I don't know that you have children. No, because if you're, if you're no, trying to convince my kids to fold no, their I'm stuff, you, it's so my, cool. my son balls up all the stuff and it ends up in the corner. I don't know about this. See, that Chef drives Charity. me crazy. I that know that crazy. drives you crazy. So but I, I'm saying like you just told my kid to fun. have his dad. Dra- this doesn't sound <laughs> fun at all. No, it really is. It doesn't. So they like it because then they, they like it. Who likes it? What ten do. year old? No, Chef I Charity. Where do you? What? So I started okay. when my kids were, were younger like that. So Let me get my. We're I gonna swear. have to phone a friend and bring your children in and we be should, like. We should. We, we should call them. Parker, we should I'm call Parker right now. We, Except <laughs> I think he's in practice. No. So if we call him, he's gonna be like, "My mom was crazy. No, like she well, tried he, to yes. get me. He would probably say I'm crazy. She tried to get me to do this. Plus, she always used to say because I said so. That's no, what no, he's gonna they, say. To no, me. he definitely won't say that. He's gonna but say that. He to will me. tell you, and and I can go to his. But he had fun. I can go to his apartment right now. And I can I can open one of his drawers, and you and see that it will exactly be like that. That's called damage. No, it's I'm just joking. brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant, and 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 I I do like a test once in a while. I'm like, uh, open up a drawer. What's it look like? I'm like, <laughs> I'm, like I'm like, shoot, dude. Like, I'm I'm worried. I mean, they, okay. So stance socks, right? You know stance yes, socks, right? Yes. So here in Southern California, we're oh, hold on, jeez. So it's okay. Oh, oh. Hold on. There we go. So go in, in Southern California here, like surfers and stuff like that. So we're very in- Oh my gosh, who is this person? We we oh. <laughs> we have to wrap up here in a okay, second. Okay, gotcha. There we go. Sorry. Go ahead. So we are really into our stance socks. My boys are very into them. So they are like super cool, crazy socks. And um, <laughs> they have so many pairs. That it is like outrageous. So they get they get folded exactly. So they're like lined up in a drawer. So you open a drawer and they're all lined up. So you can see the end of them and you can see every single pair. And they pull one out and the rest of them don't get destroyed. They love it. They love it because they can see all the ones they have. They can. It's easy to pick out what you want to what you want to wear <laughs> and that day. And it doesn't destroy your whole drawer. They actually like it. At yes. first, they were like, "Mom, this is stupid." I, uh, but I still I taught th- them I how to th- hey, taught them st- how to fold it. I still think they do. I really do. The first few times, I we did them I together. And then, but they have loved it. I'm telling you, they loved it. <laughs> and they still all do it. That's, that's, I tell you. That's a testament. They still all do it. Well, I and t- I'm not even watching over them. <laughs> Chef Charity, you're, <laughs> I love you more than anything in the world. Um, we're right now, we're, we're at the uh, time where we have to wrap up, but I tell you, it, it has been absolutely phenomenal to be able to have you on the show, to be able to go through what, I mean, to take us through the journey, which is incredible. And for all of you out there listening, understanding and knowing that all the things that you see, there is a hundred million other things that are going on to be able to make that thing happen. But the biggest thing is, is honestly never, never, ever, ever in your life burn bridges on, especially with people, which I think is amazing. And I, I want to thank you, Chef Charity. Be grateful, be grateful. Be grateful. Express gratitude. And honestly, the show is coming out. It's going to be incredible. I want you to uh, check out all our sponsors. You guys know uh, what to do. Click the links. Do all the things that you have to do. But I want to thank you so much for uh, for listening. And that little ring is, uh, I keep getting chimed. But uh, I, I want to thank you for uh, for listening and tuning in. And every one of you, Chef Charity, you are absolutely thank amazing. You, you need to check her out on our website. It's so incredible. Fun to be here. Thank you again for being on the show. You are officially off the hot seat.